This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. You sound insane. You realize that? Yeah. The whole world got crazy. Seriously? It's showtime. Brian, what's the movie of the week this week? This week, episode number 169. I did the count. That's yeah. The correct number. That's the correct um, number. Yeah, it is. Uh, <laughs> and, <laughs> and our our movie of the week is Guillermo. Nope. Can try that again. <laughs> leave that in. You're leaving yep. that in. Okay. Thanks for that. Guillermo del Toro's Crimson Peak. He's the security guy on Kimmel, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. Okay. Just, Pretty successful little director, <laughs> yeah. directorial as well. career a, for Guillermo. Yeah. yeah. Very funny uh, sidekick to Kimmel and also great director. Just randomly great director. He signed a 30-year contract uh, before his movies broke, and so he just has to keep going back to Kimmel. Just uh, that band show money just keeps <laughs> piling up. Hey, it worked for the Fox, right? Um, so what, remember, the wasn't that the guy's name? It was just chugged beer on the man yeah. show. I never really watched that much of it. He but. died like of, of that, like <laughs> from that. Like, it was, Who could have seen, seen, yeah. seen that? Who could have seen that? that who could tell that that wasn't a good uh, choice at the time? But uh, so, how are you guys? I'm well. How are you? Good. I'm great. I'm great. I'm fantastic. I'm exhausted, man. This movie season, it's been yeah. great. I'm still catching up. I'm catching up now uh, on all the summer movies because they're all starting to come out on Blu-ray and things. Yeah, same. So here. I'm revisiting all of those as well. And man, yeah, I've watched Pixels six times this week. <laughs> <laughs> I got to I got to revisit Ant Man. Oh, nice. Uh, on a flight. and Same. I watched that on a plane, too. And it might sneak its way into my top ten this year. I might have to say. It's good, I really man. enjoyed it. I really enjoyed yeah. it the second time, especially. Yeah. So another conversation to be had later yeah. this year. I'm doing the same thing. I'm catching up on all the stuff that I missed. Uh, I, like what? I, what have you seen that you didn't see the first time around? I watched Southpaw yesterday. Sweet. Uh, I, watched, I watched something else that I can't remember. That wasn't very good. I'll have to go back and look at my list. And I rented uh, the end of the tour today. So I'm going to watch that tonight while doing a little work. Yay. It'll be interesting. Your thoughts on that? Yeah. I'm excited. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited for the tour. David Foster Wallace. Um, it's solid. That's the best Richard impression I've heard. So yeah. congratulations. You can almost guys. hear the cardigan through my voice. <laughs> yeah. And the pretension. Yeah. Um, so... <laughs> What is uh, we've got some movie news to talk about? We have a lot. We have a lot to get to. We do. I, I, it's it's the first episode of the month. Uh, we no, don't know if we have American that. Treasures tonight. We might need to push that again. Too much Let's news. Push that. Let's push that a week. Pushed. Hold it on. Let me pushed. check with the listeners. Do you guys mind? They're good. <laughs> We're good there. <laughs> yeah. The benefits of recording it. your show, my friends. <laughs> well, what do we got first up? There's a new CBS announced today. There's going to be a new Star Trek series premiering. On their all CBS All Access, which is their streaming service. Oh, that's yeah. I didn't hear that. That's that's not that's not yeah. cool. I'm not thrilled about that. Why? Why? Yeah. I'm sorry. I, I'm I'm good with having a. I am a subscriber to that service, by the way, but I even okay. think that's stupid. 
I am yeah. a subscriber, so I can watch uh, Colbert. But nice. oh, is it, is it paid? It's like five bucks or something a month, but you get okay. live TV and you get all the archived DVR things. Pretty- so I mean, I pay, I don't have a subscription, but I pay five bucks and I get That's it on my. It That's worth and it. And they gave me like a month free, so I watched the first whole month of Colbert for free, and by then I was hooked. I couldn't say no for yeah. five bucks a month. James so. L. Brooks said, "Who, as we all know, directed my favorite movie of all time, Broadcast News." Uh, right. He said, "Is Colbert already the greatest variety show of all time?" I say yes. Oh, man, I watched it last <laughs> night with American Treasure, Alice and Janney. Yeah. Uh, by the yes. way, so great. I mean, it. He, his biggest weakness is his band leader. He's I trying to totally. trying yeah. to work him more into the show, not really working, and kind of Stephen kind of has to make it funny, you know, like when yeah. he he bombs on something. Uh, yeah, kind of has to. I mean, what's Kevin Eubanks up to? <laughs> Are, are trades allowed for that sort of thing? Like yeah, they are exactly. in the NBA. Could they just could Can he we, swap him for uh, Armisen or Reggie Watts or how about that uh, Questlove? I'll take yeah Questlove yeah. with Colbert would work. Yeah, but I think Questlove he, that show's doing fine. He should get oh, Gene Smith. There's a good SNL reference for you. Oh, go nice. ahead and look that one up. Get a blonde <laughs> ponytail. He used to rock the guitar. Early nineties. It's a good but, question. Who could who could be his band leader? Like who should he? Maybe, probably Scott Stapp <laughs> or Kroger. <laughs> Just heartbroken over Avril. Everyone <laughs> knows that Mark Tremonti was the true genius of Creed, guys. Not Scott Stapp. <laughs> I'll go with Alter Bridge. I'll go with Alter Bridge. Yeah. If the what if it was Stephen Colbert in- featuring Alter Bridge every night? <laughs> <laughs> How great was that? You guys, the picture from Indiana last yeah. week. Of yeah. just the Alter Bridge. Was it Alter Bridge? Yes. yes. Just Alter Bridge bumper sticker. Huge on the back of a guy's car. Great band. <laughs> just Elkhart, Indiana. Really solid <laughs> club band since ever since O2. Just really solid. <laughs> um, uh, too bad they never broke big, really. <laughs> this has been Bridgecast. Your go-to <laughs> source for Alter Bridge commentary. You laugh, but that is a serious XM radio station. Bridge. <laughs> <laughs> they have those DJs that talk about. Oh yeah, 2003 Alter Bridge released <laughs> this song. You'll enjoy the E Street E Street Band Radio is. Uh, I love Bruce, so it's halfway awesome, but then really sad when you DJs come on and you realize that they host a Bruce Springsteen radio station 24 hours a day. <laughs> they have and a lot of those on a series. A live recording. They have an Elvis one. They have a they have a Jimmy Buffett one. I know. Seriously. Well, you know what? Pearl Jam I mean, have, Radio is pretty good. I have some good, interesting though. music talk for you guys here. It's, it's a theory I've recently kind of discovered, and I'd like to talk to you guys about it. Do you guys, do you guys mind? It's, it's a one-minute conversation. Sure. Is Jimmy Buffett the secret patriarch of modern country music? <laughs> yes. Like, if you Very really good think about yeah. like, every crappy bro country song it's really just a jimmy buffett song with a southern accent on it like it's just singing about stuff people like like sitting on the beach with a pretty girl blue jeans beer and a rainbow you know like it's just <laughs> yeah. like that like oh yeah i like all that stuff i yeah. like the song i think like that's how dumb people think yeah and just add pickup trucks and catfish yeah, and you've exactly. got it. it's yeah. like uh creek think, yeah, yeah creek. People love a creek. creek what what guy goes to a creek that is a successful music artist. If you're not creek. in the clan, 
I don't see no reason <laughs> to hang out in hanging wooded out creeks. at the creek. And what girl would be attracted to that? Hey, hey, girl, let's go to the creek. <laughs> You're not well, saying it's, it's a creek. It's like it's a creek? You know, oh, sitting around, toes in the sand, with some peanuts and a pina colada, right? I mean. <laughs> Yeah. I feel like he kind of invented bro country 30 years out. And people like Jimmy Buffett. I don't have anything against him. He was the first one, so that's fine. But I think he might be the responsible for all things evil. And I think he should be executed. So that's <laughs> my thesis. I like that thought. Not the killing him part. I mean, yeah. you could just go You away. love that part. Yeah. Yeah, totally. That's cool. the best part. So I let's talk about movies. We, yeah, movies are cool. We need to do Mad About Music. I Every time we talk. We talked Kurt Cobain documentary earlier this year and stuff, and we need to do music podcast. We, yeah. we're, we're music aficionados on the show. So you guys what? As much as we are mu- movie Any potential advertisers out there uh, and or donators, if we could just quit our jobs and do this all week, you'd get right. five episodes a week on music, on TV, on movies, on That's sports, true. and, uh, you know, Japanese wrestling. <laughs> you mean fifth. sumo wrestling, Richard. It's nope. called sumo. No, nope. it's a different thing. The skinny oh, one. oh, oh. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. That's the thing I'm into. And so I, talk, I have a lot of hot thoughts about it, but yes, we need I'm that only money. paid to talk about movies. Leave That's it at right. that. Yeah. <laughs> so this seems to be a theme in Hollywood that just kind of, and it's not necessarily a bad thing in terms of um, like what it means so- socially. Um, it's definitely not a bad thing socially that the, the, these kind of female-led um, films, but it does speak to a lack of creativity among the producers that instead of writing original uh, films for uh, mm-hmm. women to lead, we're just like taking old movies and saying, mm-hmm. "Hey, wouldn't it be cool if uh, Schindler was a girl?" All right, well, Schindler's <laughs> List again. Yeah. So now we have. Uh... <laughs> That's such a good analogy. No. Yeah, I know you're not serious, but that is a pretty good analogy. Yeah. Oh. So, well, no, that's real. Jennifer Lawrence. Um, this trailer, no, you guys don't judge until you see the trailer. But uh, so we're getting an all-female ocean. Bradley Earth. Cooper and yeah. David O. Russell. Yeah. Yeah. It takes a weird turn. Now all I can think about is that Liam Neeson, Ricky Gervais bit. With oh yeah. That's yeah. how I got the. Dog I told Stephen, I'm your guy. I love making lists. It's just it's so funny. Um, hey, that who wrote that, Brian? Yeah, I know. Shut up. That's my <laughs> weekly recommend. So uh, anyway, so we're getting an all-female Sandra Bullock-led Ocean's Eleven. Oh wow! You, is well, it I, really attached to the originals, or is this Clooney completely is produce, detached? He is producing it. So Daniel Ocean is involved. That's what I'm asking. I I don't know if he's in it. I don't know if it takes place in the same universe, yeah. or if it's just a reimagining. But I know Clooney is producing. Hmm. I, I'd be into that. I would. I would watch that. I so like ice movies. I'm a sucker for those. So is, I really don't care if it's all females or males or a combination. Uh, J Law is J Law going to be Damon or Pitt? Melissa <laughs> <laughs> well, McCarthy is going to be uh, Bernie Mac. No, obviously no. that's going to be uh, the chick from SNL. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, Leslie gosh. Jones. Yeah. yeah, that's clearly Leslie Jones. I mean, well, she plays Ernie Hudson in Ghostbusters, so it's pretty close. All right, Brian, you've got some, I think, good news for us as our yeah, last story. I do. This is good news, guys. This is good news. And it makes me sad that this is good news, honestly, because two, three, four years ago, I would be really bummed that we got this news. But uh, it appears that, that Neil Blomkamp's alien movie is dead. <laughs> <laughs> 
Couldn't find a place for Dire Antwood or Die Antwood. Yeah, or they would have been in it. They would. It they were. They were first build cast and yeah. And and Leonardo DiCaprio as his character from Blood Diamond and Dave <laughs> Matthews, all in it because they're South African, so they're worth putting in. Yeah, which which role is Charlotte Copley going to be? Yeah. Um, oh man, so that's dead. They're so they're moving. Sony's moving forward with. Uh, with Ridley Scott's alien sort of Prometheus prequel sequel thing. Yes, yes. And they're yes. they're saying we're not gonna do both of those things. Yeah. So it's dead. Yeah, I think after the Martian, they were like, Okay, Ridley, stay in this yeah. mindset and just give us Prometheus too right, right now. Right. You know? Yeah. That's what yeah. I would think. And I think Ridley was probably on that in that same mindset too. It felt like yeah. it feels like a natural progression. Rather sure. than to go from that to like something like Exodus, like a completely different thing, you know, or yeah. Even the counselor, like a more small indie type movie, uh, to go straight into Prometheus two. I love I love Prometheus one. Not not love it, liked it a lot, but Yeah, I'm with you. We're Big we're fan. the two. We're the two that really liked Prometheus. Everybody else kinda Richard? out on it. I yeah, I like Prometheus a lot. I'm not as big into the alien aesthetic as you two are, probably. I don't know why those never really caught me. But I like a lot of Prometheus a lot. Some of it I don't care for, like most mm-hmm. people. But uh, there's a lot of good stuff in there. I'd be, I would put it to you this way: it's the best way I can describe a movie these days. If I didn't do a, a podcast, I would probably still go see Prometheus too. Yeah, cool. That's a good way to put it. Yeah, yeah. So that that movie's dead. Uh, Blomkamp's got yeah. a lot of ground to make up for because Chappie is terrible and Elysium <laughs> was a, was not good and had a flop kind of. So that's. That's not great for him. That's that's that is a bummer because mm-hmm. District Nine is a pretty pretty outstanding film. Was Chappie this year? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yikes! That'll be in another top ten list of the year <laughs> yeah, for me absolutely. too. Or bottom ten, if you want to. No, put it that you way. meant top. Stay with <laughs> just top, top ten worst. Yeah, that's that's the list. <laughs> I have a feeling that's going to be a unanimous selection on that list. This year. Yeah, that was a brutal brutal. Film. All right, well let's. Hey, ma'am, fam, question for you. Do you own a small business or are you a boss? Are you looking to hire awesome people but you just can't find somebody to fill that role? Let me tell you about ZipRecruiter.com. With ZipRecruiter, you can post your job to 100 plus job sites all with one click. In fact, over 80% of jobs posted on ZipRecruiter get a qualified candidate in just 24 hours. Find out today why ZipRecruiter has been used by businesses of all sizes to find the most qualified job candidates with immediate results. That's why ZipRecruiter is different. Unlike other job sites, ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. It finds them. Right now, you can post your jobs for free on ZipRecruiter by going to ZipRecruiter.com slash mad. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash mad. One more time, try it for free. Go to ZipRecruiter.com slash mad. Thanks to ZipRecruiter for supporting this episode of the Mad About Movies podcast. Let's talk Crimson Peak then. Uh, fellas, it's that time of the week, movie of the week. I love I love Guillermo del Toro. I'll just say that off the top. Um, he highly debated in the past, sort of. Was Pacific Rim debated? Really? Did we do an official? I think we did an official episode on that. I can't yeah, remember we that did. before our time. We all we all liked it. We all you liked were higher it. than both of us. I think yes. I was. Yeah. Uh, but I don't remember our general thoughts on him in the past. Were we high on him? Did we think he was? Uh, ascending as a director, um, what it, what were our what were our Del Toro thoughts then, and what are they now, um, Ryan? I guess you could start us tonight. Yeah, Del Toro is an interesting an interesting case because 
as a sort of semi-professional movie critic, like I think we all, we are now, I'm going to go ahead and give us that title, sort of semi-professional. <laughs> That's what we're going to put on our business mm-hmm. cards. I like that. Um, nice hedge there. Yeah, thanks, man. Uh, I think we are supposed to like Guillermo Toro. Like, we're supposed to be big fans of his, and... So it's like it's almost to the point of like I'm afraid to say I don't really care for this guy because I just know that the emails are going to pour in and people are going to you know come after me. But like this, this was the not necessarily the make or break, but we are. I'm looking at his filmography here. Movies that he has directed that I have seen include now Crimson Peak, Pacific Rim, Hellboy, Hellboy Two, Pan's Labyrinth, Blade Two. I don't think I ever saw Devil's Backbone, and I've seen Mimic. And the like, the only movie in there that I sort of more than like eh, was Pacific Rim, and even that, I don't. I'm lower on that than Kent is. I think it's fine. I enjoyed it. It's but I prefer Godzilla. So I'm not. He's a great. He's got a great vision. I think. And he's definitely great at creating uh, creatures and weird, creepy scenes and stuff like that. Like, I give him a lot of credit for having that ability, but I don't like most of his movies. And and I don't think, like, this one, I don't like horror movies, so this was going to, you know, I'm kind of going to be in the, man, I'm not really that interested in Crimson Peak camp to begin with. But I can appreciate like what Wes Craven did, you know, for making really great horror movies, even though I'm not a big horror movie fan. I just feel like almost every time I come out of a Del Toro movie, I think that looked really good. And I don't know that anything else was all that great besides Pan's Labyrinth. Pan's Labyrinth is a really great film. And I was it, say, that's, yeah, that's I, I skipped over that one. Yeah. And, <laughs> but I wonder if, I wonder if that's just the, like he's very good at making a Mexican film and not necessarily like maybe there's something lost in translation at that. I, I, I don't know. Uh, my point is, I think he, I would like to say that I think he's great. And I would even like to say that I think he's capable of making something great, but like we're, we're eight or so films in and I don't, I don't feel that way about anything that he's done beyond Pan's Labyrinth. So I, I don't know, man, I'm not, I guess I'm just not as impressed with what he has done up to this point as I feel like I am supposed to be. Like, everybody just gets so excited about Del Toro. He, you know, like, he he joined Twitter recently, and everybody went nuts about it. And I'm just like, I, I mean, great. I mean, that's fine. I mean, I respect his vision. But I don't – there is nothing that he has done that gets me fanboyed out, I guess, or or all that excited about whatever he's going to do next. And that – kind of is a disappointment because I just feel like I've spent the last 10 years just waiting for this great film to come out. And I, I just don't know that it's for me, for my personal taste and for what I like, I don't know that it's ever going to happen. Wow. Richard. Though not as far to Brian's side. I'm closer to Brian than I probably am to you, Kent, in that I do think he's a little bit overhyped as a director. I think he's sometimes too ambitious with what he takes on. I still think I'm wanting to do Slaughterhouse-Five so bad because I think that could be the one that just captures me. I love, love, love Pan's Labyrinth. I think that's a great film. Like I just said, it's kind of like reminds me of um, I love, love, love Big Fish, but I, I don't like Corpse Bride, right? Mm, um, sure. 
So Pacific Rim was 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 good to very good, but it's kind of in the Mad Max camp for me. You know, and Hellboy is Hellboy, right? I I get the I do admire the humor and wit that that's done with, and the camp factor. I think he has a good eye for that, and he walks that line very well for making something between making something very legitimate to making something campy. I think he does a that's like one of his best skills. Pacific Rim, same way. That's one step away from being ridiculous, and he kind of he straddles that pretty well. He's a wonderful visual stylist. Whatever his stories are, whack. Yeah, I totally agree with that. What can't? How do you feel about Hellboy? I, I want to get your thoughts on Del Toro as a whole, but but Hellboy yeah. specifically. Yeah, I what, think Hellboy is very underrated. I think okay. it's I think it's really special, a special movie, and I mean the sequel is good, but uh, I think his execution of that is just top notch. I mean, <laughs> Richard made the point earlier of too ambitious. Uh, I, I think about that. It's like, well, I mean, his his ideas are ambitious, and his themes are ambitious, and the worlds he creates are ambitious. But I can't think of a a, a film that he didn't execute uh, completely. You know what I'm saying? Like, if it's too ambitious, I would think, man, that could have been done better. Like, I don't think anyone could do Hellboy better than Guillermo del Toro. I don't no, think no, anyone just... could do Pacific Rim better than Guillermo del Toro. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's mm-hmm. just and Pan's Labyrinth. I mean. Yeah, I think to me, I think Pacific Rim was a little more than he could chew. Yeah. I think it's a good film. I just it seemed like he had aspirations for it to be a great. I think film. the the possibilities it it creates and what it opens up as far as a universe that could be explored. I mean, the Jaegers and the yeah. whole kaiju and the whole you know mythology behind those and everything. That's a whole. That's sequels upon sequels of material. There, I mean. He created that, and they're doing a whole comic series, and I mean, it's gonna, you know, an animated series and things like that for it. But uh, I mean, I love his ambition. I think he executes very well, and I, I mean, I guess we could talk about Crimson Peak now, but I, I'm going to talk more Del Toro eventually. Maybe we should talk uh, Hellboy more at some point or something, or Pacific Rim again. But uh, we don't talk about him enough. But that's another subject, I guess. Oh, that's the thing. I mean, we can. It, that's the thing. It's just he, he, it's so debatable. It's you, it's all debatable. Yeah. I just don't. Here's my thing. Like I I like Del Toro as a person. I, he he. I love his vision. I I. He's an I extremely just, interesting person. Yeah, totally, totally. But my, you, you say you don't think that anybody could do uh, Hellboy better, and that it's all these things. And I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just what I'm saying is I just don't. I don't see it. I don't see his movies the same way that so you don't, many you don't, of our You're not attracted peers. to the aesthetic. I guess, but like Hellboy is a movie that, and look, it's been several years since I've seen that, and maybe I just need to revisit it, but that's a movie that should appeal to me, I think. Like, I I get that Very that, overshadowed. Get by, it was overshadowed by The Dark Knight during that time. Yeah, and but, but like I've that. seen it a couple of times, and I, I just, every time, like, this is, this is fine. I... I, it's just odd to me. Again, I, I, I'm 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 in the wrong. I'm saying I'm probably in the wrong, but it's just he hasn't done anything for me yet that's like that makes me understand the deep, devoted, unquestionable love that so many people have for him. And and everybody is always shocked when his movies don't do well. And I'm like, because well, he because they're not that good. Like that's all I can see. I just don't. Yeah. I just don't get it. And I, I would love to be, I would love to have my opinion changed on that because I really want, I, I think I want to like him and I want to like his movies. And I just, I'm never, 
I'm just never that impressed by by the product. I always come out thinking, eh, that was okay. Or Pacific Rim, well, that was fun. I enjoyed that a lot. But I have not gone back to revisit it, and I don't really have a huge desire to do so. I I don't know. I, I just don't feel this way about most most directors that we as as you know semi professional fake critics are supposed to really like. I generally like those directors, you know, and this is one like one of the the few outliers I'm just like, I just don't I don't get it. And I I can't figure out how <laughs> to come around on and appreciating him as as the genius that that so many people sell him to be i guess i think yeah i think for me at least my appreciation comes less from fanboy i'm gonna go to comic-con and buy you know meet ron perlman type stuff because of hellboy (laughs) rather than man guillermo del toro really stands for what movies are all about classic filmmaking these you know the, the appreciation that he shows and the dedication that he shows to honoring things like the original godzilla and and Sure. This appreciation for groundbreaking films that he shows, like classic Japanese films and things like that. I mean, and, and what he stands for as far as practical effects too goes. I mean, he that shoots I as can, much yeah, on camera as possible. True. He wants very to, true. He he's a re- legit filmmaker. Like you know, like I mean, I, I don't think he's some gimmicky Louis Lettier type. You no, know. he's not. I, he's I, a, he's I, a I, very serious. Like yeah, I'm only doing yeah. what I want to do in. in completely envisioned by me from concept to premiere and not a lot of people are like that. So I can appreciate, I mean, I think he has Tarantino level, like knowledge of films and talent as far as making them. Uh, I agree. I don't, maybe if he gets the right screenplay eventually or something or sure, you know, the perfect idea for his uh, brain, maybe that hasn't come, come yet as uh, uh, for this point. But I think as far as, potential and somebody that we're going to be talking about years from now i think he's up there for sure certainly and i I, i'll second everything you said especially the practical effects piece kent i think part of the reason he's so beloved is because he is such a fan of cinema and can speak the language of a film lover so all Mm -hmm. the people we see say oh he's one of us and they're going to defend him or or maybe overhype him a bit and then oh wow that makes sense you know the culture at large no one went to see this movie and they're shocked right I mean, being a huge fan of something doesn't necessarily make you the best at it or, or being able to completely engulf yourself in it. Doesn't, I mean, you know, Eli Roth knows more about horror movies than than probably, you know, anybody. But I don't really want to watch an Eli Roth movie that much. And so uh, there, there, and Robert Rodriguez knows something about movies. I can't stand Robert I'm Rodriguez. I'm not talking about trivia-wise. I'm talking about no, technique. I know, I, I, like no, film I know. But I mean, like Robert Rodriguez is like a huge technician, but that doesn't always make... Yeah. You know, For sometimes you. I that mean, translates. Yeah. Sometimes you're Tarantino and sometimes you're not. I think he is closer to Tarantino than he is Robert Rodriguez. But I do think that a lot of his ins- like very adamant support comes from that, being that guy, being the kind of, um, you know... The, the schlubby guy that that uh, that totally embraces the the super uh, uh, committed film culture, and that doesn't always translate to an audience at large. And I think Brian's, to his credit, um, you know, as much as an amateur semi pro critic as he might be, Brian, I think very much more than anybody I know, comes to things from like the culture at large. Um, because he loves CBS and he loves country music. <laughs> no, but he does. Like Brian comes things like Brian freaking loves Spielberg. You know what I mean? And so like, 
you, you know, he, you, you, you come at it from that angle, which is awesome. And, and I think that's why he's kind of lost on you is that, that, that you, you speak the language of kind of the general fan and not this, uh, this, this level of, of, of hyper, uh, detail maybe. Sure. Yeah, I think for me, so just speaking two different languages, it, it just falls into a different category of why I go see a movie, like why I would go see a Del Toro movie. It isn't really for even the story or the characters. It's for the experience and the world that's been created and the f- literally like smorgasbord for my eyes that I'm seeing. Um, I think my appreciation for his what he does comes from that side of the coin. Uh, rather than the, um, can we do a character study on the the uh, cast of Pacific Rim? You know, does that make sense? Sure. Um, yeah. So that's why that's what I mean when I say if he gets the right script and maybe the right idea comes along, maybe he co-writes with somebody or something, and something clicks. Yeah. Maybe a standout I, performance. I think or, that might be the big thing for me. Is like I don't know that he's very good writer. Uh, honestly, just as far as. He probably has some great ideas, but bringing that to 120 pages, I, like I Peter Jackson interested. or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, yeah, I I agree. Oh uh, well, let's talk specifically about, yeah, well, let's about talk about Crimson the movie. Um, Believe it or not, first. after all that, I liked the movie. Not, I mean, I did not just have total disdain for the movie after that long conversation. <laughs> Yeah, and this kind of goes back to my point earlier about his love for classic movies. I mean, you can tell this is influenced by the old school oh, monster old. horror movies, yeah, you know, the, the, the Nosferatu's and the old yeah. gothic horror that yeah. uh, you would it's stereotypical now. I mean, people now would look at this and mean that looks like any other horror movie. It's because it's inspired by all these classic uh, elements of horror. And man, the execution here was great. Um, mm-hmm. These sets looked incredible. I don't know where they found these houses, or if it's real, if it's a set, or what. But I mean, I was I was blown away, and I was like, man, this must be a very expensive movie. Only fifty million dollars it cost. Yeah, uh, it doesn't look like he's going to make it back at this point. It's only made twenty five million dollars uh, so far, so it's got a little little bit ways to go. It's almost out of theaters, I think. It was hard for yeah. me to find a screening this late mm-hmm. of it, even like two weeks later. Yeah, so it's made a little overseas though, so that's good. As it's made as you would 60, expect with Delta. Yeah, it's it's made sixty two worldwide and on a fifty five budget, so it's made its money back. That's not terrible. Cool. Well, good for him. Yeah. So, what do we think of this, Brian? You don't like horror at all, so I, I, I there was <laughs> there was some scary elements of scary visuals, I should say, less jump scares rather than just kind of creepy visuals. Yeah, creepy themes. Yeah, I, and I'm totally out on ghosts like ghosts yeah, and, yeah i knew i knew it was demons, demons and, stuff. and ghosts like, yeah, oh, yeah that that's the stuff that really uh that really weirds me out um i wasn't i wasn't super i don't know i wasn't scared the visuals are great no question and it's it's creepy and uh and and weird um but there there's with del toro there's always like a slight element of almost comedicness like even in the the voice of the ghost was kind of funny in a way funny is not even the right word but like a little bit lighter that one yeah yeah i I was just like okay i'm not really freaked out by that um so that i don't know i think (laughs) the visuals are great the set pieces look awesome 
uh, it wouldn't shock me at all if if uh, if the costume design got some award attention. It will, and it should. It, it's. it's a, it, I mean, yeah. To do this a, as a period piece, yeah, is is for a studio to say, yeah, you can make this a period piece because right. that's a right. whole nother level of budget and everything. Yeah, I mean, you set this movie in nineteen forty-five. It's you could make it a lot easier than it's in the yeah. Renaissance period. Totally. <laughs> oh yeah, god, well, <laughs> you know, definitely. I think it yeah. makes it better though. Yeah, I agree. The story I could. I mean, the story could work in any time period. I guess it's not sure. That yeah, exclusive. So, the the set pieces are great. The costume design is great. Uh, some of the acting is very good. Jessica Chastain is one of my favorite actresses, and she is uh, really creepy and and mm-hmm. uh, and nuts. And so you kind of channeling um, <laughs> some horror movies of the past. But anyway, she she did a great job. Uh, Hiddleston's great. I thought Mia Wasikowska is that close? Wasikowska. I think that's right. I thought that she went back and forth. I thought there were times when I thought mean, she was very good. You mean and Mrs. J. Daniel Atlas? Oh, no. I didn't know that. They're well, married. she's terrible. Uh, they're a couple, but I, they're married to me. Oh, okay. wow. 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 Did not know that. I'm going to knock this movie down a grade. Uh, no. <laughs> Mrs. No, I, Atlas. I, <laughs> I thought there were times when she was very good, and there were times when she was almost a little cringy. So that's that's not the best, but that you know that can be... That can be direction as well, but uh, overall, I thought it was a decent. It was a decent attempt. I just this script is really pretty bad to me, and I look. I don't like horror movies, and part of the reason that I self admittedly do not like horror movies is that they creep me out and they kind of make my skin crawl, and I don't like having to, you know, hide my eyes or cry, um, which can definitely be the case with these films like they really creep me out and if i'm not really super creeped out or scared or um gonna have (laughs) imagery in my head later like i don't i don't i think that means that it's not that great of a horror movie and that's kind of how i feel on this one is the visit creeped me out way more than crimson peak did and i would never have expected that um, comparing those two, really, films. I found yeah. I found the visit to be way more yeah. laughable than Crimson I, Peak. I still creeped out a little bit by by some of the imagery of the of the of the visit and Crimson what what, Peak. what sticks out like when you the close your thing. eyes and think yeah, of the visit I like what the wrapping yeah <laughs> the old lady the what the wrapping yeah. the wrapping got to yeah me. the wrap oh, scene no. my dreams. the little kid yeah. oh i forgot about yeah. that that's the no, worst no that old lady still freaks me out just a little bit if i'm uh, if i let my mind wander that direction and there's nothing in this movie that's going to make me going to make me feel that way and i felt like i was kind of always two steps ahead of the plot and that's my that's one of my other big complaints with horror movies in general is that it just seems like could so it seems like 80% of horror movies could so easily be wrapped up by one person making one smart decision and then we're done. And that's a little bit of how I felt on this one. I I felt like I could peg the plot pretty early on and that's, I don't know. I just feel like that's not it. That's not a great thing for your horror movie. You should want me, the guy who doesn't like horror movies and is easily creeped out. You should want me on the edge of my seat um, about to cry, wondering what's going to happen, and instead I was just kind of, I just, I, I felt like I knew exactly what was going to happen from about twenty minutes in, and I don't, I don't know, like that's just that's bad writing to me, and and not super great direction either. 
I'm not quite to the far end of, of hating horror like Brian, but I'm not a fan like you are, Kent, either. I'm kind of in the middle. I find things normally either in the horror genre um, either bore me or freak me out. No one ever really hits the sweet spot. Right, yeah. Uh, so this one kind of hit the sweet spot in terms of the right amount of fright. There was some definite slowness, though, to the script. Yeah. Um, and the performance was good. It just, yeah, it was, it, it dragged quite a bit. It, it reminded me of, I had to read like a ton of, for some reason, a lot of really uh, just, you know, bad gothic romance when I was in college just assigned to me in English classes. And, and I have to say, you know, to, to, tonally, he got that right. <laughs> you know, the, <laughs> the boring parts are, you know, He could very well argue that that's just the parts that were boring were bore very boring. The you know much like Pacific Rim, it's it's technically a feat. It's not quite as good as that film. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's a lot to like here from someone that like is interested in shot composition and things like that. But right. that's my point about Del Toro. Is he, it's not that he's overly ambitious. I think he's scattered, and I think he yeah. would be well served to focus a little more on certain type of genre uh, because he does genre leap a lot which is great but he hasn't mastered any of them yet in my opinion i'm sort of in the middle uh on this one um i agree brian it is kind of predictable um i could have used a little more fright richard yeah yeah i could have used more of the horror element like i don't need a sex scene with tom hiddleston and mia wasakaskasa speak for yourself uh i mean i don't i don't care i'm going to this to see creepy cool visuals and not i don't care about the the romance i know this is kind yeah. of a romance movie yeah uh, it's it's very well marketed in the fact that it doesn't tr- push that at all because it knew they knew it probably had no chance of they were pushing a romantic horror movie yeah uh, they push it as just kind of a straight uh horror movie uh from the mind of Penn's labyrinth you know kind of thing and um very predictable in the fact that like, i can't believe jessica chastain ended up being evil i mean she wore dark black the entire time i couldn't yeah like how could you cast tom hiddleston as a good guy by the way so you know he was going to be bad spoilers uh we're in spoilers but it, it i can't hate it because it's it's so well done you know it's yeah like, no i don't i don't hate it either I, I i should be clear but if it came across like i hated it, i definitely did not hate this movie and i see i see why you liked the visit more you, you would rather no 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 I I I thought the the visit creeped me out more. Oh, okay. I like this. Uh, I I get why people have liked this film, and I you know this is a better film, but it's it's also a little more frustrating though because I think I think this could be an A film. They're, like the visit, best case scenario is a B plus, right? And instead, for me, it was like a C plus. So that's that's okay. This movie could be an A or an A plus movie, and it's just it just doesn't quite. I don't know. It just never for me. It never finds the rhythm that it needs to get to that point. And scripting is for is me. It, it's it reminded me of believe it or not, this movie came out this year also. Um, Cinderella, remember that movie? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, B solid B plus really, but this is like that movie like narrative wise, but with the visuals. Um, tenfold does that make sense yeah I get like that. it's just kind of a b plus narrative like you know what it's going to happen it's just kind of you could follow along but there's so much else going on around it for me that it made up for that um what what cinderella didn't have does that make sense as well yeah I get that sure so go watch cinderella and listen to our yeah. cinderella like podcast cinderella. we did yeah. a cinderella podcast yeah. that's kind of sad 
realization there. <laughs> my my, my, uh, my kid is on the Cinderella podcast. That's is he, he really? Uh, he's the talk. He's the open. Is oh yeah, the dirt thing. Yeah. Um, I, the movie that this reminded me of uh, was uh, What Lies Beneath. Uh, oh, weird. Zemeckis. Yeah. yeah. The only the only non Back to the Future Zemeckis film that. By the I, way, what I happened with the play. walk? Speaking of Zemeckis, <laughs> is, that, is that just completely gone now? Yeah, like, it what happened? Hard, dude. Really hard. Uh, I'm looking. Let me see if I is can, it done. Like, I can't. I thought it's it, out of theaters. It was. I thought it was. Our, I thought it, it was still waiting for wide release. Like it was still. No, no, it just <laughs> it did horrible. Um, dude, I'm looking and, oh man. Take a guess at where it finished this week and what was its fifth week of release. Guess where it finished. Um, I'm going to go with 12th. 36th. Oh, my God. (laughs) Not good. $35 million budget, and it's made 10 here. 38 total, but uh, that's a major major thing. No, but to finish the point, it it reminded me a little bit of, of the plot of uh, what lies beneath, but I th- I think what lies beneath did that the bit a little bit smoother because I, well that's not necessarily true. What lies beneath went with more of a thriller suspense kind of take, and this was more of you know straight horror with the ghost showing up and all that sort of thing. I just but the you know there were some similarities in the plotting, and I I think what lies beneath for me was more effective. Now it's been at least a decade since I've seen that movie, but. Um, I remember being pretty creeped out by what lies beneath, and this one, Crimson Peak, was just kind of like I'm just kind of sitting here watching the movie take unfold, I guess. Yeah, what's the Nicole Kidman movie, uh, horror movie that she did? It was The Whispers or something like uh, that? The others, the, the others. others. Yeah, that's a. Pretty um, solid it reminded movie. me of that too. Yeah, I see as, that one too. As far as the ghosty elements of it, yeah, and the creepy voices, Brian. Yeah. Uh, that's a pretty underrated movie as well. I others. like that film quite a bit. That's a there were very... some strong horror movies early two thousands. Yeah. Underrated uh, time for horror. Yeah. I remember being extremely creeped out by The Ring the first time I oh, saw dude, it. As I, well. yeah, oh, dude! Yeah, I don't even. Can't like even think, think, I can't even think about The Ring. That like one's the, still, the, the, the her video, coming out of the TV. The is creepy one videotape. Of the biggest things ever. Like the, the oh, yeah, yeah. The videotape that they use is the perfect amount of creepy and like really <laughs> like you really yeah. would find something like that in the side of the road or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, uh, that was a creepy film. I saw just to take us in a Sam Raimi, tangent. wasn't that? Yeah, Sam I think Raimi? it might have been. Yeah, uh, I saw the others in. I went to school. I went to college in in Arkansas in a little middle of nowhere town, and the closest Gore Verbinski. No, oh, okay, ring, yeah, there the you ring. go. The closest Close. big city for us that had a real theater was uh, Little Rock, and so we would haul into Little Rock. Pretty much every weekend because there was nothing else to do in Arkansas to go see movies. And I, how we long is that to commute? See, uh, it to where I went for this film it was about thirty-five minutes if you drove really fast, which we all did because there were no cops in that area of Arkansas, and it's a miracle that I am alive. But um, we would drive into North Little Rock to go see movies at this. It was I think it was a Tandy theater. It was a dollar theater. And if you went after about eight o'clock, you were we were definitely the only white people there. It was a it's a predominantly African American community, and there were some scary things that happened there. Just like there's a lot of gang violence and stuff. But I will never forget being in a movie, sitting in the others, and it's just me and like four other little little white kids from Harding who've never seen the world, and in a completely packed theater 
and the <laughs> the amount of yelling back and forth that took place in the theater is still one it's still one of my favorite movie going experiences of all time like the <laughs> the uh kind of uh generic thought of what uh, takes place in a horror movie was definitely taking place and it was awesome like everybody everybody in the theater was <sighs> screaming at yeah. the screen the entire film and it was it was delightful. It was such a fun experience. That, That's uh, how the same was The Ring for me. Yeah. Was, <laughs> yeah. Those are crazy. Yeah. There's a paranormal activity movie that's out currently. I had no idea. It's called The Ghost <laughs> Dimension. That that Bradley Cooper movie flopped big Yeah. That, as him as a celebrity chef. We need to stop yeah. making chef movies, guys. I think that's the, that's the confirmation. Yeah. Uh, I can't believe The Martian is still number one. I just looked at that. That's still impressive. On, Came back. Picked a good time to come out, too. By the way, it was between Goosebumps and Crimson Peak this week. I hope we didn't let anyone down by choosing <laughs> Crimson Peak. Yeah. I was surprised it was still in theaters, honestly. It did I, okay. It, it did, did okay. okay. Yeah. We, um, I, I liked, I liked, um, Chastain in this. She's, mm-hmm. she's really versatile actress. Yeah, she's great. Um, don't really know what to say about her character because it was an extremely obvious part. I, I liked her interpretation of it, though. Yeah, um, she did a good I'm job. Not, I'm not sure how much of that was Del Toro or, or her, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, or his vision for that particular yeah. character. I want to. I wonder what this was based on. Some there's some kind of source material. Yeah, Game of Thrones at work here. <laughs> Game of Thrones. That's. <laughs> Doesn't have much do you, to do with Game whole, of Thrones. Have you seen whole, Game of Thrones, Brian? Yes, I don't know. the Lannister bit. I mean, that's a pretty oh, okay. significant part of of the film. Oh, okay, but I, I called almost immediately. Did you like? I I knew maybe twenty minutes into the movie. Okay, this is what's happening here. Like, yeah. Okay. Okay. Good deal. Didn't stop me from wanting to see it, though. Does that make sense? <laughs> like, I want to see it. Sure. I want to see it uh, happen. Um, <laughs> that red, like goo. Yeah, kind of the mud, and then they had the blood, and his use of the, his use of the actual crimson part of Crimson Peak was yeah pretty elaborate too, and I liked that. Thank you, Guillermo. What else do we have on this? Hmm. Yeah, I don't know, man. I, By the way, we, we we talk about hills. We we put out a tweet earlier today that said, "Send your thoughts on what Hiddleston up to career wise." <laughs> Just waiting for another Thor movie, dude. Thor Ragonk. Um, we put out a tweet earlier that said, "Send us your thoughts on Crimson Peak." But, uh, thank you to those of you who favorited the tweet. Um, but that doesn't help us. So send us questions if you see the tweet. <laughs> favorite the tweet. Hey, send us questions. I I don't understand the logic of the favorite. I I'm still trying to think uh, of the logic of favoriting the tweet. Uh, that's maybe something we'll now analyze uh, in well, now 2025. Hard. I remember. You got to heart the tweet. Yeah, you got to heart the tweet now. <laughs> it's still called favorite, though. They change it to a heart instead of a star, which confuses confuses me a, a bit. Up? Like a little thumbs up emoji? We should do the thumbs up. But um, what else do we have on this? So should we do grades or get it spoilery or... or... Where Kit as the as the horror aficionado, give me two things. Yeah. Where does this stand for you, horror movie wise, over the last couple of years, and where does this fall in the Del Toro filmography? It doesn't. It it doesn't stand 
as a horror movie, I don't think. It stands I, more as like a romantic thriller. Yeah, yeah Does that gothic sense? romance. Yeah, gothic romance. Yeah, um, I, I definitely There are agree. horror elements, but I wouldn't necessarily classify it as a horror movie. It, it does, it's, its main purpose isn't to scare. Sure. You could almost cut out all the ghost stuff and it wouldn't make any difference to the plot. Right. I mean, if you could keep it a supernatural element without the, there are some moments in the movie where like the ghost will walk by in the, in the window and there'll be a noise yeah. or something like that. And right. those kind of jump scares that you normally get with, yeah. with horror movies. That, but that's where my, my what lies beneath comparison comes in. Cause I think that's kind of how that was just a little more thrillery and less mm-hmm. actual seeing the ghost, but that's kind of how they, that's how that movie is done. And I, I think that's, that it was that took me by surprise because I thought this was going to be very horror-y and I mm-hmm. really isn't very horror-y. Yeah, but where does it fall for you with Del Toro? Uh, yeah, it's not near the top. Um, it's probably I mean Pan's Labyrinth at the top, then sure. then Pac Rim, then Hellboy, and then maybe this, and then Hellboy Two. <laughs> okay, and then his earlier stuff after that. Uh, the Strain is a pretty decent show as well. Uh, that he's sort of responsible for. Yeah, I watched the first season of that and quit. But you know, I like watched. I watched the whole season. But there you go. I don't ever quit. But I just, I don't know. I wasn't super impressed. I think there are some interesting things on the horizon yeah. for yeah. for Del Toro, though. He's supposed to be doing a Pinocchio movie, sort of like Slaughterhouse Five. Slaughterhouse Five. Yeah, he'd be he'd be very good for Slaughterhouse Five. I would think. He I has will, the rights, but he just won't make it for some reason. I don't. I don't understand. Wow. Um, well, I guess we should go grades. But yeah, I mean, as far as horror movies of the past few years, Brian, um, not in there. Not in there at all. There okay. are plenty of superior horror movies that um, even this year that you should go seek out. Uh, it Follows is really good. Uh, no, the Babadook is, is good. That's oh, uh, currently gosh. on Netflix. Have you seen that? No, I've seen like one second of the trailer and <laughs> myself. So I imagine that is very, very terrifying. So I agree with you. You should give Just, it a chance. I, nope, I'll say can't that. do it. Side unseen. I agree with you. You're right. There, there might be multiple horror movies make their way into my top ten this year too, as well. Wow. There, it's that good a year for that kind of movie. Awesome. Uh, so look Chappy. forward to that. Chappy. <laughs> that was scary. You're not wrong, Richard. You're not. You're not entourage. <laughs> uh, you're not wrong. Um, Tomorrowland, pretty, pretty scary. Um, <laughs> let's uh, let's hit a grade. I'm gonna give this a solid B plus. Richard, I'm gonna go D. C plus. Oh, that's way lower than I expected. Brian, I am gonna go B minus. A little bit better, slightly above the visit, which I think I gave a C or C plus. So I'll go B minus. Wow. Thanks for making me watch two horror movies in like six weeks, too, by the way. Really appreciate it. Thanks. Thanks, More Hollywood. To come. More to come. <laughs> I like horror. I like talking about them. Ugh. I think uh, our, we did an Evil Dead podcast, like first days yeah. of the podcast. That was yeah. one of our most popular episodes for like two years. I'm so not even funny. kidding. That, really random. The, that the reason it was popular is because I didn't see the movie, so I didn't talk. So <laughs> that's not, the listener's not a big fan of me. And, and I think most of our our listeners are pretty big fan of tree rape. <laughs> <laughs> that's one thing you could say about our listeners. That Venn diagram is yeah. pretty, <laughs> pretty horrifying. Well, that's an ender. <laughs> Let's move on to recommends. Weekly recommends. 
Go ahead, uh, Brian. Yeah, I, uh, I mentioned earlier that I watched Southpaw, which is the Jake Gyllenhaal, Rachel McAdams film that came out this summer. And it wasn't great. I didn't dislike it by any means, but it was, it was fairly uh, stereotypical of what I kind of expected it to be. But it did remind me of a better film that's kind of in that same genre that I believe is on Netflix. It came out in 2011. It's called Warrior. It has Tom Hardy and Je- uh, Joel Edgerton. Uh, are the leads it is about a i think it's ufc it's not uh not boxing but it's uh it's the same sort of thing these two brothers who uh get into a a, a fight into a tournament uh and end up fighting against one another and it's one of the best sports movies that i've ever seen uh was in my top 10 from that year i believe i think that was 2011 and uh, is a really, really good film that I don't think enough people have seen. Mm-hmm. And uh, the fact that it's on Netflix, or at least oh, used to be, I'm assuming it's still there, uh, it just makes it so accessible. And I wish people would go and go and check it out. So uh, that's your homework, dear listener. Check out Warrior on Netflix. Uh, Tom Hardy, Joel Edgerton, 2011. Great, great film. One of one of the better sports movies that uh, that I've ever seen. Um, Richard Barton. Yeah, I'm going to do a book, a uh, collection of uh, great journalists writing that's uh, modern and funny and I think very accessible. John Ronson, um, he's written some other books. Uh, Men Who Stare at Goats is one of them. Um, so You've Been Publicly Shamed came out this year. But Lost at Sea, it's from about three years ago. Um, just kind of got into it lately. And, uh, it's I think all you very... recommended that last week. Maybe. Did I? I think you did. Oh, I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember that. That is a strong, very memorable. Oh, yeah. I recommend, but That's all recommend it again. No, I won't. Be good? I'll, do, I'll do something else. I'll do something else. Uh, can't you go and then come back? I know the emails would flood in. Uh, <laughs> absolutely. No, I'm glad you did. Hey, you know what? Here's what I'll do. I'll do a recommend. I got it. Hey, uh, it's a bad time to recommend it, but I'm going to go for it. Grantland was a website, and it was pretty <laughs> good. And um, there was some cool stuff on there and some really annoying stuff on there, but the good stuff was really good. And go through the archives and read some some great TV movie reviews uh, for yourself. Andy Greenwald, uh, hopefully we see him again soon. Uh, but show some clicks on their website. They could use them uh, for the writers that deserve to be hired elsewhere. And uh, it was a fun four years, fellas. I enjoyed yeah. that site uh, more than I disliked it. But I did dislike it a lot sometimes. Um, but uh, it was Your relationship it was fun. we all had with Grantland, I think. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. Mostly just the Juliet Littman. But um, <laughs> but it was it was it was a fine sight, and it, it will be uh, mostly missed. Yeah, Rimbert forever. Yes, <laughs> Wesley Morris forever. Um. Wesley Morris. I. This is total side note. Wesley Morris is awesome again now that he's not on Grantland. I know. I, it's so it's so weird because he was incredible before he went to Grantland. I imagine he's going to be incredible after. I don't understand what happened for that three years because he was weird. unreadable and insufferable and now he is great again. I don't I don't understand. It. It's weird. Good for Editor, him though. Editors yeah. are cool. Yeah, it makes a difference. All right. I'm going Do another racial out of me, man. It's my worst Bill Simmons impression. Oh, that is bad. That's pretty bad. <laughs> All right. I'm going to recommend a television show. It's no longer on the air, but it sort of is. Uh, they've been doing a sort of marathon of it online, a live stream. Two and a half uh, it is The Joy of Painting with Bob Ross. <laughs> uh, they've, been, they've been live streaming like all 500 episodes on Twitch. And there's been like 
millions of people that have watched it and there's a live chat and everything. There's like 50,000 at a time people watching and it is awesome and soothing and, and Bob Ross is the man. Did and you he's see hilarious. Mark win as uh, Bob Ross for Halloween? Who? Mark Stewart. Mark Stewart. Oh, did he? He yeah, must be watching it. It's it's uh it's greatness. So catch it on Twitch now or YouTube. There's a lot of stuff, but I used to watch it on public access a lot back in the day on the weekends and things. You love happy trees. A little happy little trees and a we'll put uh put a waterfall here, maybe a mountain <laughs> over here, wherever your mind wants to take it. I'm here to just guide the way. I he's 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 awesome. Uh joy painting. Recommend. Where can I find you online, Brian? You can find me on the Twitter at BGill12, and I promise I'm going to get some content up on the madaboutmoviespodcast.com whenever, whenever I have the opportunity to do so. There, there will be things written. We talked about it today. So uh, just look for that stuff in the, in the coming, coming weeks. Richard, where can we find you? Hey, speaking of writing stuff, you can find me on Twitter at Richard Barden or at richardbarden.com. This is serious. I just posted this within minutes ago. The complete history of Mad About Movies. Because we get asked all the time, uh, what, what, where did you guys come from? Where, what, why, do, why do I listen to you? Right. Um, and now, and, you know, instead of typing it out for you in short form, I've written the whole thing out. The complete uh, history of, of Mad About Movies. I'm going to read it now in a dramatic reading style. <laughs> I've done a pretty terrible job updating this blog consistently. <laughs> I like to blame it on my job. Parentheses. Because it eats up hours upon hours. Close parentheses. No. <laughs> I'm not going to do that. Go read it, though. That, that's cool. I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Cool, Richard. Uh, where can we find you online, Richard? You can find me on Twitter at, at uh, Richard Barden, or like I just, uh, like if you want to read that piece and some other ones coming soon, richardbarden.com. Kent, I've been dying to find your online presence lately. Find me on Twitter at Kent Garrison. Find me on our podcast at madaboutmoviespodcast.com. We have a lot of episodes on there. Uh, more than are on iTunes. Subscribe to us on iTunes. Please give us five stars if you like what you hear. Get involved. Follow us on the Twitter at MAM underscore podcast. Like us on Facebook. Send us an email. Send us a comment. And if you want to keep the show going, make sure that it goes on for years to come. Please donate as well. The amount of your choosing, that goes a long way. And until next time, we'll see you at the cinema. Goodbye. Goodbye. Hey, baby, I hear the blues are calling. Toss salads and scrambled eggs. And maybe I seem a bit confused. Yeah, maybe. But I've got you pegged. <laughs> but I don't know what to do with those toss salads and scrambled eggs. Again, scrambled eggs all over my face. They're making me ya ya. The salads and scrambled eggs. They're calling again.